Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. Today, within the Liberal Cube, is TV Tuesdays. Ah. Lovely drawn out saying that for some reason. I don't know why I did it, because we don't have time for messing about. Because I have to say things such as, there will be spoilers, most likely. Things such as, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps... You pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps you rate, comment, or even subscribe on iTunes to the old podcast, because that is what helps these babies grow and flourish like a beautiful flower, like a rose from the Dark Tower. Did you listen to the Dark Tower episode? I guess uh, me just saying that does not make sense. Um, it is a Book Wednesday episode, it's just I recorded that first. Before I did this TV Tuesday episode, I should mention both recorded on my goddamn week off of podcasting. What happened? I don't know. I just uh, it it didn't happen. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I'm addicted apparently. I'm addicted to love. I might as well face it. Uh, also podcasting. Today's sponsor is Zombrex. Give the gift of life. Once again, today's sponsor is Zombrex. Give the gift of life with Zombrex. Okay, so today I have for you something very similar to last TV Tuesday. Hmm. I have Inbetweeners, Season 3, as I do believe I teased you with. Uh, series 3, I guess I should say, since it's from uh, over there in Jolly Old. England. I also have a Doctor Who episode and an episode of The Nerdist. My God. Well, see, that's what happens when I'm off. I do TV marathons. TV marathons, hence the in-betweeners. Uh, I've actually, but don't think I'm going to bring it back, have uh, the, the just this past weekend watched the entire season five and six of the TV show Weeds. We have brought it back to the Liberal Cube. Maybe I will end up bringing back things from episode 7. Uh, we'll see. Kind of play it by ear. So far, I've not played through. Why don't I just jump right in to in-betweeners? Uh, I hope... Well, how about this? Rather than me sort of tell uh, what the story is about, uh, the show is about, uh, in too much detail, what you can do is listen to last TV Tuesday episode, where uh, at the beginning of the show... I uh, went into much more uh, detail on characters, story, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Plan? Uh, just I'll, I'll do it in, you know, 20 seconds, see what I can do. Uh, the show is about four guys, four boys. Uh, series 1 started off with them in high school. Series 2 was them sort of graduating from high school. And this series is they have graduated from high school. I do believe that is the order. 
the gentlemen in question are Will, who's sort of the star of the show. He is a d- bespectacled, sort of nervousy, nerdy kind of dude. The show is narrated by him from his point of view. His best friend, Simon, who is uh, sort of the definition of a friend zone with one of the girls from high school that he's known since a kid. He very, very nervous around women. Uh, Jay, who's sort of the raunchy... Uh, all They are all obsessed with sex to one degree or another. However, he sort of takes the cake on that score. And then, of course, Neil. Ah, Neil. The dumb one. <laughs> dumb, but, uh, you know, in a, in a lovable way. So, uh, I think in the last episode I described him as a dumb, lovable bloke. So, uh, I got uh, the entire... Series 3 here. Let's see what the old notes say, why don't we? I don't know what that was, and I apologize. Okay, yeah, yeah. They were still in uh, in high school, so I guess this was their, their final, final grade of high school. Uh, although they don't call them grades over there, do they? Call them something else? Hmm. Uh, so they have a fashion show. A charity fashion show. I don't remember in high school doing basically any activities whatsoever, and uh, these guys seem to do things, (laughs) such as charity fashion shows. No, no, that never happened. Actually, uh, I do recall once uh, we had one of those uh, much music video dance things. That was uh, fun, probably. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And I do not remember what I had for breakfast. Uh, the charity, I believe, is for a, a kid who everyone thought was a big jerk and hated, but uh, has since been in a uh, accident of some sort, I think, or was it a d- disease? I can't remember. And is, uh, is in a wheelchair, so now everyone's nice to him. With the exception of Will, who is kind of of the opinion that he was a jerk, he is a jerk, and regardless of being in a wheelchair or not, does not mean we have to treat him any different. Which, uh, I, I like that opinion. Uh, two little notes from it is that Simon was sort of roped into doing the show with that girl that he is obsessed with. He didn't want to do it. She made him dress up. Uh, what did they dress up as? I, I can't remember. This, uh, I should mention, was not from this last weekend, but the weekend before, so maybe my memory is not 100% on some of these episodes. One thing I do remember is that when he was threatening his stuff with this girl, uh, one of his balls was hanging out, so that sort of uh, shocked the crowd and uh, embarrassed him to no end, to great comedic effect. The other thing is, uh, and this has popped up from time to time, one of the teachers is sort of uh, guaranteed very high on the scale of a pedophile and is always trying to pick up Neil, Neil the dumb one as I mentioned, who's sort of totally uh, oblivious to this fact. (laughs) So that always uh, makes for some comedies as well. He, like, for example, was trying to get Neil to undress even though he was not actually in the fashion show. Okay, the next episode was they went to a bar. And uh, as you do, I guess, around this age, they, for the first time ever, 
smoked a little pot, got a little doobies. So sort of uh, Simon and Jay were kind of behind this, uh, and they they were, I, I guess you could say, peer pressuring Will, the glasses sort of straight-edged guy, into joining along with the fun. So eventually, just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I'll do it, fine, fine. So instead of <laughs> instead of smoking a doobie, he grabs the uh, the bag of weed out of their hand and just eats it. <laughs> eats like a giant bag of weed. Obviously, not much uh, pot experience if you eat a giant bag of weed. <laughs> so he pretty much loses it. Uh, Neil also not on board with the uh, with the pot smoking. However, does decide that the mixture of booze and sleeping pills will get him really, really fucked up. So, needless to say, that does not work very well either. Simon is with a girl who is drunk, um, pukes repeatedly, and then makes out with him, which was pretty disgusting and slobbery and graphic and gross. Blech. Alright folks, I am stopping to get a coffee, because I am goddamn tired. My plan, my hope, is that after that, uh, I will get in-betweeners done on my way to work, and then uh, get Doctor Who and the Nerdist done on the way home. Plan? Yes? Question mark? It is? Why am I asking? You are not going to answer me, although you may. I will not hear it. No sense. No sense whatsoever. Through the magic of editing, you do not know if I'm stopping to get a coffee. The possibility exists that I am going to stop at the side of the road here, and and there happens to be a river, a lazy river, that I might um, hop in this canoe and portage my way down to uh, Portageville. Huh? Back in a mo. Editing. 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 On the road again! Okay, so, uh, mission accomplished, I guess. Friggin' not bagel having Tim Hortons. That's a first. Asked for, um, a bagel, and they didn't have the kind I wanted. So, asked for another, and they didn't have that kind either. So, I had to go with plain. Plain bagel? What is this, communist Russia? Come on, people. Alright, so, next one is called Will's Dilemma. Uh, Will's Dilemma is, should he receive a blowjob from a girl he does not really like? Oh. The answer, of course, is yes. However, he goes the, I guess, moral route. He kind of just doesn't like her because she's uh, a bit of a giant. <laughs> uh, but this is, uh, this is, I guess, or maybe I'm not accurate in saying this, but there's there's that time of life when you're younger where uh, women sort of grow much more quickly than, than guys. So they'll sort of shoot up where, uh, height-wise I'm talking, uh, shoot up height-wise where the guys will be the same. I think that's much younger that that happens, though. Anyways, it was funny to see them together, though, because Will is kind of a little guy, and this girl must have had a foot on him. <laughs> so, uh, also the fact that she was just kind of dumb and boring. So, I, I guess on the one hand, good on him for 
not taking advantage of her. But still, come on, blowjobs. Blowjobs, people. Uh, da, 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 da. Simon is dating a girl who sort of totally makes him over and changes him, which I didn't like because I wouldn't let someone do that to me, so don't let people try to change you. They should love you for who you are. Oh, the more you know. Uh, it is starting to rain pretty bad, so hopefully that is not screwing with my audio, although I believe sometimes it, it certainly doesn't make it better. Let's just say that. Uh, the next one is called Trip to Warwick. Huh, which one's that? Oh, uh, yeah. So, Simon's girlfriend's sister lives in Warwick, and I guess goes to school in Warwick. Not sure where Warwick is. So, uh, they go up to visit her in the hopes of, um, getting drunk, basically. Partying down. Uh, kind of, I guess the key reason is that Simon and his girlfriend have yet to do the deed. Actually, all of them at this point are virgins, I do believe. Maybe with the exception of Neil, the dumb one. Simon uh, takes the advice of his mates that because this is his uh, first time and he wants to at least last a little bit and not just explode uh, right off the bat, he does what they call a pre-wank. A pre-wank. <laughs> I like it. It's uh, it, it does backfire, though, because um, then he can't get it up. So I laughed and laughed hard. Uh, let's move on to uh, Home Alone. This is where uh, Will is left alone because his mother, his single mother, um, is on Facebook, which <laughs> the thought of my mother on Facebook horrifies me. To no end, so <laughs> I understood his uh, frustration. She apparently met uh, an old acquaintance on Facebook and was going to be spending the weekend away. Uh, again, not a very happy circumstance, I guess, for young Will. However, did leave the leave him home alone to get his party on a little bit. Uh, what else happened in this one? Flower vandalism. Oh yeah, uh, so just sort of that young, let's tear shit apart spirit leads the, the guys to taking out a, uh, a golf club and just kind of hitting the tops off flowers. Just ridiculous vandalism like that. Uh, they get caught and are sort of trapped inside their house because the guys whose house it was shows up banging at their door and wants to kind of murder lies them. Okay, last episode is camping trip. The boys go on a camping trip. Starts off with them basically in order to create a fire, burning all of Will's possessions. Uh, not very nice at all. The car, which is not put in park on a hill in front of a lake. Long pause, what happens? Obviously, rolls into the lake. Ridiculous. Uh, lastly, the episode ends with them in the tent, puking because the meal they prepared was not cooked thoroughly. This reminded me very strongly of uh, being young and stupid and camping. One night in particular, <laughs> which, uh, drinking heavily, that is 
was not abnormal. What was abnormal was we brought along a tent and stayed out outside for the night. We didn't do that very often. I don't think we had any blankets, uh, so we were pretty freezing. We had a fire going inside of like a coffee can, and that was outside of the tent. So we thought, really, if if a if a if a fire outside of a tent is keeping you warm, imagine how warm having a fire inside a tent would keep you. Obviously, much more warm, right? Just common sense. <laughs> Jesus. What, uh, of course happened was we all went friggin' luckily did not die from the fumes of a fire inside of a tent. Uh, all did get very sick though. And, uh, I don't think I puked, but I remember it was three of us, and I think the, at least one of us did puke, if I do recall. Uh, just ended up being a horrible, horrible night, freezing to death, sick from inhaling fumes. Uh, the memories. Probably killed quite a few brain cells which may explain um, my personality today. Hey, you never know. Maybe I wouldn't be where I was today without killing the brain cells of having a fire inside of a tent. Jesus Christ. Folks, I am going to go in to work and do eight hours of said work and then meet you back here for a little Doctor Who and Nerdist action. I love it. And I love you, Darius. Love you, Darius, too. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! 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 We are back! Back in action! Hello again. Uh, ever reached that point in work where... Uh, I guess what is commonly called the breaking point. Where you have... Over the course of a period of time, in my particular case, uh, probably going on a month and change now, where you have had to work at a pace which, although not impossible, uh, slowly drains your will to live. Well, let's talk about TV. <laughs> because perhaps, talking about my favorite TV show, Doctor Who, will uh, brighten my mood. I don't see that it could hurt. It seems impossible that it would put me in a worse mood than I already am. Uh, Doctor Who episode uh, called The Rings of Akatan. Uh, that's a, a futuristic-y kind of uh, alien-esque name. Akatan. Could fit right in with any uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, you name it. This is the first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the first actual sort of journey through time and space that the Doctor and his new companion Clara are taking. Uh, so that's exciting. Sort of back into the swingest of things, really. Uh, the Doctor, as he does asks where his new companion would like to go. And she says, and I quote, somewhere awesome. Cool beans. I, I like that thought, letting the uh, doctor decide what is awesome, uh, what he thinks uh, would blow my mind away. Yay, that. So they go to uh, 
a... Uh, actually, one thing I said, they traveled through time and space, and we don't really know if they did travel in time. Perhaps they did just travel in space, now that I uh, think about it. Huh. Well, who knows? And it didn't really matter. They traveled to a um, planet, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. It was um, more like a collection of planetoids is kind of a way to look at it. Actually, you know what I think a good way to look at it is if you were on a uh, planet kind of thing, planetoid, circling um, Saturn, like you were within the rings of Saturn, although at its center is not a planet, oh no, no, but a god. Ooh. A planet-sized god? Oh, wait, I just gave away the ending. <laughs> Fuck, I'm out of it, man. Totally out of it. Uh, it starts off with, um, they're in sort of an alien bazaar. And I don't mean, like, a strange. I mean, like, a marketplace, a bazaar. Uh, that, that's always cool, because it gives, um, gives you the opportunity, the costume people, the makeup artists, the writers, the what-have-yous, a great opportunity to sort of uh, flex their imagination muscles and show what uh, some of the possible races and races of aliens might exist in a, in a world such as this. Uh, it was quite a, uh, quite a mixture of, of races of aliens from all over the place. Uh, really cool to see. As quite often happens, the Doctor and the Companion get separated. God damn it. If I was friggin' friends with Doctor Who, I would not let him leave my sight. Because shit always goes down when they split up. Such as running into... A princess. A princess who, uh, at first I thought she was going to be sacrificed, because she was pretty scared and hiding from everybody. However, it turns out she just had to sing a song to a sleeping god. A god that, uh, if it awoke, would sort of wreak destruction and chaos on all the inhabitants of this uh, ringed system. Yeah, ringed system. That's a good way to look at this. Uh, this area, I think. So, uh, Clara talks her into doing her duty. Uh, the only reason she didn't want to do it was she sort of, I guess, feared that uh, she would screw up doing it. And I think she did, actually, because the god did wake up. So, does that mean that she screwed up in her job of singing the god to sleep? I think it might, poor girl. So, uh, she is then sort of pulled from where she was singing to um, where this dead god is laying in wait. Then it is up to the doctor to save the little girl. He There's some tense moments, definitely, because uh, he basically does not know how to do it. Um, and then, just to sort of top it off, as far as enemies the doctor has faced, planet size planet-sized uh, beings, probably in the in, in the top five, let's say, definitely. How does he stop this god? The uh, sun-sized god, you could say? This god that eats memories. Aha! As you can imagine, the doctor, who is pretty much as close to immortal as you can get, has a lot of memories stuffed in his noggin. However, even that, even that vast quantity of memories uh, is not enough to satiate 
this memory-eating beast. So what saved... Well, that's interesting you should ask, assuming, of course, you did ask. Uh, it is Clara's memories. Now, that doesn't make sense. No, not at all. However, this was kind of, to me, a little bit of a cop-out, sort of, kind of, sort of, because she had with her a leaf, a leaf that flew into the face of her uh, father before she was born that caused him to sort of stumble into into her mother, and that's kind of how they met. So she points out that there exists the sort of possibility um, that this never happened, and um, billions of possibilities that this leaf could have gone through sort of uh, thing. Kind of a little reminiscent, actually, of my uh, Stephen King Dark Tower podcast reviewing, talking things, and that it is sort of that multiple universe, because every action can have multiple outcomes that then create new universes. So this being sort of, I guess, exploded on the possibility of all of these memories that could have existed. See, doesn't that seem a little bit cop-out-ish? Anyways... He was very full, and he exploded at the end. They all lived happily ever after, looking forward to more adventures. Yay, that. Let's move on to last, but certainly not least. Uh, Nerdist. Season 2, Episode 2. They did a zombie special. I am a big fan of zombies. However, uh, sort of inundated with them to a degree that... um, I think I might even go as far as losing interest in zombies. It's just you see them too much. They're they're used too much now. Oh, they had uh, as guest uh, Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead. Cool. Oh, Jesus. Cool beans. Uh, as you may know, the uh, after every episode of The Walking Dead, Chris Hardwick does a show called The Talking Dead, in which, you guessed it, they talk about The Walking Dead. I've watched uh, little bits and pieces of that. Walking Dead is a show that uh, jumped right on board right off the bat, season one into season two, Uh, but my interest has since flagged, and I kind of don't watch it anymore. Just, eh. I think it'll be a show that when it is no longer on the air, something that I could sort of enjoy that way, because um, I think it would be better in sort of sort of that one sitting viewing where you can watch it all at once. Well, maybe not all in the course of one day, but you know what I mean. The first thing they talked about, Mr. Chris Hardwick host, Jonah Ray and Matt Myra co-hosts, along with Robert Kirkman, would be what is your weapon of choice in the zombie apocalypse? Jonah Ray had some very good points. He is probably one of the biggest zombie nerds you will ever meet in your entire life. Assuming, of course, you meet him, If you don't meet him, he is one of the biggest zombie nerds you will ever see on TV if you watch this episode. Confusing. He points out that a lot of people will go for the shotgun, maybe a chainsaw, but those are not intelligent choices. He's going for the smart choice. Uh, Obviously, both make a lot of noise, and in the case of both, uh, chainsaw, you need gasoline, which is not always abundant, and... Shotgun, you need bullets, which 
is probably even less abundant, so not intelligent choices. He says the smartest uh, zombie apocalypse weapon is a katana, so a Japanese sword, which uh, I guess makes sense. He said, one thing he said here, which I don't think is true, I don't see how it could be true, uh, that a katana will always be sharp and doesn't dull, but I, I can't see that being true. I just don't think that repeated uses of cutting off zombie heads has got to dull your blade. Come on. Just from a physics point of view, it seems that it would be impossible to not dull. Um, my thought on a zombie weapon is something called a maul. M-A-U-L. It's sort of like a uh, axe on one end and like a heavy sledgehammer on the other hand. Because with that, you have the cutting force that's that, uh, that comes in handy, but also just bludgeoning, because quite often a, a good bludgeon to a zombie head is all you really need. Does Actually, perhaps it makes too much of a mess, whereas a katana might be cleaner. Still, a uh, maul, I think, may be the way to go. Plus, you can use a maul for other things, such as um, chopping wood, uh, opening doors, like breaking down doors, whereas with a katana, if you try to chop wood with it, not going to work too well. So, so, sort of maybe a little more multi-purpose. Uh-huh. See, I've put thought into this, if you can believe it. They had also as guest Merle from Walking Dead. He is played by Mr. Uh, Michael Rooker. He is uh, a bit of a crazy dude, I think. Uh, and I don't mean that on the show, although in the show he is a crazy dude. I mean, like, in real life. He uh, did an episode of the Nerdist podcast and now this, and he just seems like he's, uh, I don't know how to explain his, his weirdness and oddness, but it's definitely present. What you could do, haven't got any uh, audience participation in a while, what you could do is, if you heard either the podcast episode with him or watched this episode of the Nerdist TV show, what you can do is let me know how he is odd. Perhaps you have an opinion, if you do. I would love to hear. You can do so at the email provided in the closing credits or on Twitter, uh, where I am Jordan underscore Maywood. Lovely. I don't know if this is something they do every episode, but in the two so far, two or uh, in, in the last two I've watched, they have. Uh, it's where they play Mad Libs. However, uh, for example, in this one, they did a Mad Libs to sort of create a Walking Dead episode. Which was pretty goddamn funny. Uh, sort of interstitched. Uh, before they went to commercial, they would have commercials. What? Before they went to commercial, they had commercials featuring Miss Amy Pond, who was the previous Doctor Who companion. She was uh, showing a product called Zombiel. Zombriel? Zombiel? Which is like L'Oreal. But for zombies, she was uh, dressed, well, not dressed, but makeuped as a zombie in these commercials, and they also were amusing. It was sort of a, a play on a L'Oreal commercial if they made uh, makeup for zombies. Love. Oh, uh, they played an interesting game. Uh, I guess it was called Fantiques Roadshow, uh, in which... I think all of the items were from Matt Myra's office, 
So they took things from his office, like, my favorite one actually was the Batman Joker figurine. It was like them fighting to the death, because it was like it was ripped from, uh, I forget which Batman movie, but one, I think it was the most recent one I watched, uh, animated movie, I should specify. So uh, that was pretty cool. And then, um, and then Chris and Robert Kirkman and Michael Rourke, Michael Rooker would um, try to put them in order of which one cost the most, down to the least, or vice versa. They uh, did not do very well. I don't think they got one right. But uh, that was a hard task, because there were some things that you think would be expensive and were not, and vice versa. Oh, uh, just on that note, the most expensive one uh, the reason it was kind of a, uh, uh, is it a red herring? Is that the saying? I think it might be. Uh, was a Django Unchained uh, Schultz doll that was the most expensive, and it was $400. Uh, some of the things, or at least one or two, were from like the 70s. So you kind of assume that as collectibles, they would work, be worth more, whereas this just came out. Um, so confusing, yes, but everything had a sort of logical explanation as to why it was worth what it was worth. There was an expert there who uh, knew his shit. Lastly, uh, he devoted some time, as he does on his show, to uh, letting a stand-up comedian do his thing. The stand-up comedian in question was uh, Kyle Kinane. Kyle Kinane, very, very funny. Uh, I don't have time to say anything about him, because I am home. Home is where the heart is. Hopefully, well, we made it. I did it. And hopefully had a little enthusiasm in there, despite my not-so-great day. Hmm. Folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.